We're continuing with our series that we've entitled Restoring the Foundations. And as you recall, the theme is based on Psalm 11, especially verse 3, but the entire psalm. We're in light of the apparent removal of all of the legal, spiritual foundations at that time. David's friends were advising him to flee to the mountain like a little bird to run away from all the problems and difficulties and they, he asks you remember in verse 3 if the foundations are removed what shall a righteous do well we're taking the position that the righteous will not just sit there and do nothing when they see the foundations falling or down around them being destroyed they just wouldn't sit there and do nothing nor would they run. They would not flee. But like David, he will say, the Lord is my refuge. And I know that he is still in control. And that he is evaluating, he's judging the, the works of the righteous as well as the works of the unrighteous. And he knows that in the end, God will be done. David was like Nehemiah, who rather than just sitting by and doing nothing, when all of the moral foundations, the spiritual foundations were being removed, he decided to rebuild. Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem, you know, to rebuild the temple. He didn't run away. And so we are suggesting that as we face the undeniable breakdown, destruction of traditional values of morality and spirituality in our own community that neither should we just sit there and do nothing neither should we run away but we should rebuild and so we are looking at some of the foundations that we believe needs to be rebuilt and we're focused on the home the family because we believe that this is one of the primary foundations of a godly society and so we're looking now at God's prescription for building a Christian family and the focus is on Christian not just any family but a Christian family and we have seen that the first thing we need to do is be sure that we are building according to God's specifications and we saw that one of the primary specification is that the foundations of the home the pillars of the foundation of the home of the husband and the wife and the Bible says that if you're going to build a Christian home you must begin with a male and a female in marriage a male one male a female one female that's right male and female this helps us right away to handle a few a couple of the things that are causing the home to be destroyed it does away with any idea of a polygamous marriage because it's one man one woman anything else is contrary to the word of god you're destroying the foundation of the home if you try to build a home with a husband who has several wives or a wife who has several husbands that's contrary to the word of god then it's a male and a female not a male and a male not a female and a female 
If you try to build a Christian family on that kind of a foundation, you will not have a Christian family. In fact, you'll do more to destroy the foundations of the home. And then we started to focus in on what this means, because remember now, we're trying to show you that we need to build according to God's specifications. And so what I'm doing right now with this introduction to the series is to give you an artist rendition, 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 rendition. I'm just saying if you're listening, an artist drawing. You know, in other words, it's a picture of what is to come. No real details, just a picture of what's to come. That's what I'm trying to do here, to give you this foundation. And we started to give you these specific specifications. Now we looked at the husband. And we saw that he is the head of the home. And we emphasize the fact this headship has to do with serving rather than domineering. It has to do with committing to wife and the family that I will do even at the expense of my own rights what is best for you we looked at that we saw that he is called the head manager of the home we looked at this last time and the bottom line uh, principle in regarding the husband may be summarized in the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 where he says Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That is the overall view of God's specifications to the husband as being the kind of leadership he wants him to have in the home. We dealt with that last time. We come now to another specification when it comes to the husband and wife. We now look at the wife. We believe that the scripture shows that the wife is to be the assistant manager of the home. The word is helpmate. Helpmate. Not leader mate. Helpmate. The word has to do with providing assistance that the one that you're helping cannot provide for himself. As we see as we get into this, it has to do with many areas of life. Not only caring for the children, caring for the husband, also protecting as well. But that will come when we look at the specifications. But let's look at this briefly. As the assistant manager of the home that is being built according to the specifications of God, the wife is to voluntarily submit to a husband's position of headship. Because actually that's one of the basic meanings of our submission to fall in line with, to be next in line. It has to do with a military uh, function. You stand in line to the one over you. That's all it has to do with. But it has to be a voluntary thing. Whenever we try to force submission, it is not submission any longer. It's subjugation. The bottom line element in submission is volunteer. I volunteer to submit myself to the headship of my husband and according to the word, because in doing so, I submit myself to Jesus Christ as well. In other words, Paul tells us that when a wife falls in line, next in line to a husband within the home, it should be as a result of her response to falling in line under Christ. This is a divinely delegated role of the man. The man did not deserve to be head of the home or head of his wife. He did nothing to gain it. This was the act of God 
God determined this to be the situation. And so man cannot boast or glory in the fact that he's had. You could thank God for it because we cannot glory or boast in anything that we have nothing to do with. That's why young Christians especially, watch out how you wear these t-shirts that says, I am proud to be a Christian. Those are contradictory terms. If you were a Christian, you did nothing to become a Christian. It was all done for you by Jesus Christ. I thank God that I'm a Christian. Oh, I glory in the work of Christ that allowed me to be a Christian. Here, the same thing is true in the relationship between husband and wife. This role of headship was delegated to the man. So man, we cannot use this as a weapon or a tool against our wives. But rather, we should humbly seek to perform the responsibility that go along with it that we'll speak about again. But secondly, this idea of submission is based on an inner attitude of obedience to Jesus Christ. No woman can submit to her husband without first submitting to the headship of Jesus Christ. And in fact, it's also true that if you don't submit to your husband, you are showing everybody that you are not submitting to Jesus Christ. You could sing in the choir, you could teach a Sunday school class, you could be head of the women's ministries, you could be head of anything that have anything to do with women. But if you are not submitting to your husband, you're not submitting to Jesus Christ. Because he says, fall in line. And if you don't fall in line, you're disobeying the commands of the officer in charge. It's a voluntary thing. Remember we said that marriage was designed to show what God is like because male and female are created in the image of God to show what God, image means I look like. It's to show what God is like. The Trinity, triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they exist within the context of mutual submission. The Spirit to the Son, the Son to the Father, and so on. And so really, when you look at it from a biblical and a theological point of view, one of the most glorious divine action that a woman could do is to be submissive to her husband because it reflects what God is like within the context of the Trinity. Which means that when you don't do it, you destroy the picture that Christ, God, the Father, the triune God wants to give in marriage. It's based on an inner attitude of obedience to Christ. And so I say again to men, if you try to force your wife to be submissive to you, you've destroyed the whole concept altogether. Because then you're trying to subjugate her. It has to be something that she does voluntarily as a response to the headship of Jesus Christ. We'll come back to that. But not only is she to voluntarily submit to her husband's position of headship. Secondly, she is to love him. Some women have told me when I've been counseling that nowhere in the Bible it commands the wife to love her husband. Have you heard that? Say, yeah, it commands the husband to love his wife, but nowhere in the Bible. Well, let me give you one verse. Older women. Now, you know, this means mature women. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine. These traits were characteristic of the older women in some of the other society or the community. And Paul was telling these, women, these Christian women, you cannot be like them. That's the idea. You to be reverent in your behavior, not malicious gossips, not enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. 
that they may encourage the younger women to what? To love their husbands. That means the wives are supposed to love their husbands. This is love. We spoke about it before. This is a love that is directed toward meeting the needs of the one being loved at the expense perhaps of you not having your needs met. It's not the idea I will do this to you if you do this to me. I'll do this for you if you do this for me. That's not in the picture at all. What is best for my spouse? I'm talking to women now, so if I leave the men out, please, I spoke to them last week. They're coming back. The wife is supposed to be the kind of woman that God wants her to be towards her husband in spite of how the husband behaves. Peter gives us strict instructions in this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and 3. We'll be looking at those passages later on. That's tough, but it's still a saying, as it were, of the scriptures. It's a hard saying, but it is a saying nonetheless. And in 1 Peter 3, Peter addresses the woman whose husband is unsaved or disobedient as a Christian. She's still to be submissive to him. Imitating Jesus Christ, who is doing what is good regardless of the adverse reaction to his doing good. The same thing is true. And he says you ought to do it without a word. And this is a tough saying, especially, I understand, for Bahamian women. And the women have told me that. Because if they, what they like to do when they're talking to the, when they're living in, with an unsaved mate, they like to preach. They like to preach. Ladies, let me tell you one thing you should never tell your husband who's unsaved. No matter how drunk he may be, no matter what he may do. Never tell him, be like a pastor. I wish you were like pastor so and so. That's one of the worst things you can do. That's like a strong arm pushing him away from Jesus Christ. But she's also to respect her husband. And again, as I say, these are the broad principles we come back in detail in the series as we go on. Ephesians 5.33 Nevertheless, let each individual among you also love his own wife even as himself. Now here's for the wife. And let the wife see to it that she respect her husband. Respect. A wife should never say to other people, even if a husband is unsaved, when you're talking about who, that louse? Even if your husband is unsaved, but especially if he's a Christian, but regardless, when you're talking about your spouse, your husband in public, you should never, never show a lack of respect. Never degrade him. Never say how awful or how bad he is. You must respect your husband. That's a command in scripture. And your lack of respect for your husband really is a reflection of your lack for Jesus Christ who tells you to do it. Remember that. The more you show lack of respect for your husband, the more you are showing to the public that you don't respect the words of Jesus Christ. But fourthly, a wife, if she's going to be a supporting pillar in a home, remember that's how we described it. God has given us particular responsibility to bear the weight for building the home. The husband has the greater weight. The more of the weight is placed upon him. We saw that last time. But there's also some weight placed on the wife. Not as much, but nonetheless there's some. This is one of them. 
She is to love their children. Not only to love the husband, but to love their children. Fifth, and we do the verse in a minute. She is to be level-headed as a wife and mother. This is all found in Titus chapter 2 verse 5. She is to be pure or chaste as a wife. Titus 2 5. She is to be a homekeeper. Now this is a very significant word in Titus. The word homekeeper there is translated in Ivy, and I think the king, uh, worker at home, I think the King James says. The word actually means a guardian protector. A guardian protector of the home. This is very significant when it comes to the responsibility of the wife in the home. You know, we like to say that the home is the husband's what? Castle. That isn't true. Well, I shouldn't put it that way. The better way to say it is, the home is the wife's castle. Because God gives her more responsibility for keeping that home and the children. In fact, when you go to Timothy 2, it talks about the woman retaining her dignity as a woman as she brings up and rears her children. The home is the place. Now listen carefully to this lady. And I believe we can go through the scriptures and show this very clearly. That the home is the place where a woman can truly find fulfillment as a woman of God. The home. God has designed it that way. And you must see it as a place where God has provided for you as a woman of God to show what he is like toward your husband and toward your children. The home is to be a haven for the whole family. And the one who has the greater responsibility for bringing that kind of atmosphere about, not neglecting the husband, as we'll see, is the mother. This is where I get into a lot of trouble. Because I believe the scriptures are very clear when it comes to where a wife should be when she has young children. It's in the home. It's not in the workplace. It's not in the work, in the office. Now, I know people come... Boy, you don't know the bills we got. Well, you're going to see later when a man is responsible, directing the wife how to have a home where we don't live beyond our means. The responsible management of the finances, money in the home and so on. Where whatever is done, it's done in such a way that the wife never neglects the husband or the children. Now, that's a hard saying for many. In fact... I always say this because it happens. Some ladies who are very strong on being professionals and everything. When they, I'm talking about when you have small children at home, especially. That's what I'm talking about. Actually, we've had couples who actually left the church because we preached that. Well, I can only preach what I understand the word of God to be. You see. And that's an important thing. She is to be an example to the other women. Titus 2.3, an example. Finally, she is to be a teacher, encourager of young women. Older women likewise are to be reverent in their behavior. Not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, that they may encourage the younger women to love their husbands, love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. Notice now that the word of God be not dishonored. Now, ladies, listen carefully. Look at all of those things there. If you are a mother... If you're not doing these things, you're dishonoring the word of God. What does that mean? That don't mean what's written here like this. 
Only these words. It means that you're dishonoring the one who spoke these words. You're dishonoring God who said these things. That's what's happening here. Now, this is a failure of the Christian church. Where we have it, where women are taught how to bring these things about. If we had mature Christian women teaching younger women these things, do you think you'll have all the divorces that you're having? Do you think you'll have all of the divisions and the arguments that's going on in homes? Do you think you'll have that? So I say to you, mature Christian ladies, listen to these words. Don't allow your daughters to be only taught how to have a good marriage by the pastors or Sunday school teachers or somebody you sent away to a seminar. As a mature Christian woman, you should be modeling the Christian life. Now, some time ago, we tried to start here at Calvary Bible Church a process of training women for the actual idea of counseling and teaching. Unfortunately, it didn't take off as well as we wanted to. But what came out of it really was what you see today with the women's ministry. So, uh, but that wasn't the primary reason for meeting with the ladies when we met. This is when I first came in. And what happened was this. Some of the ladies, and this is no judgment on the days or criticism, but, this is, but it's true. Nonetheless, for most ladies, most ladies says, well, you know, I want to be involved, but I don't want to be doing these kinds of things and teaching other women. But the point is, that's what the scripture says. You understand what I'm saying? That's what it says. Now, we did have one time some success in this at the other church that I pastored. We introduced this idea because, you see, we have a concept of the Bible says that we should try to do it. That's kind of different, eh? And so when I preached this passage, I made a challenge to the ladies. And we had about 50 ladies come out. And we started meeting with those ladies every week. Over 18 months. And what we did is we went through this passage word by word. And the ladies were doing word studies. And they developed a whole curriculum as to what a wife should be doing in a Christian home. They even came up with their own paraphrase of the passage, the whole passage. It's wonderful. And just the other day, I spoke to one of the ladies who was involved in this. And she's, because you know, I've been from there some years. And she said, Pastor Lee, I want to thank you for that because that has transformed my life and my ministry. And it could be done here. If ladies, you're willing to listen to the word of the commander. End of speech. Here is the basic principle. When it comes to wives, wives, be subject to your husbands as to the Lord. Basic principle of the husbands, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. What I'm saying is if we can follow the implications of these commands here, we can have a strong home. You say, Pastor I know all of this stuff you've been saying. That's right. But somewhere along the line, some of us are not doing it. Because we have our young women who are growing up now who don't believe in marriage. Shacking up is quite good. We have divorces. In fact, according to a recent study in the United States, and we've patterned those. When you talk about the stage, that's what we'll talk about here. They say actually divorces amongst Christians have already surpassed that of the unsaved. Now, how does that speak? 
about the word of God. Does that honor the word of God? And I say it again. The same way I stressed last time with the husband, I believe that one of the major problems and reasons we have for the destruction of the home as a Christian place today is because the husbands are not being the head of the home the way they should. I say the same thing when I come to mothers and wives. The reason why we're having a lot of problems, one of the reasons why with our marriage is because the mature women are not teaching the younger women how to love their husbands, how to love their children, and how to take care of the home. Oh yeah, go to school. That's what I'm preparing you for. And I'll do anything to get all the money so you can get the best schooling. Why? So you can get the best job when you come out. You're going to have the best assurance that you're going to have a good home. And the word of God is dishonored because they're not taught how to love their husbands, how to love their children, and how to care for the home. But then, thirdly, the building blocks of the home must enhance the foundation stones. This is simply saying that the blocks that we're putting on top of the foundation must make the foundation look good. Be a representation, if you want, of the stones. So I'm talking about children now. Husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, now children. They have been given certain responsibilities as well. And now, remember, we're talking about why we believe that the foundations of the home are being destroyed. And we need to rebuild. And that's why we're going over these things that you know. Because for some reason it's not been done. We need to rebuild. And look at our children now. What are they supposed to do according to the word of God? Well, they're supposed to obey their parents. This is another word for submission, voluntarily submission. Now, fathers get a little bit more leeway to use a little bit more pressure to make their children obey them than they have for their wives. Now, listen carefully to this. Because I don't want you to go there saying that I say it's okay for the husbands to spank their wives. All right? Listen carefully. Obey your parents. That means Young people, you should do it willingly. Now, I'm not talking too much about, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight year old, because those, you're shaping and molding here. But when you come up into adolescence, when you come into teenagers, you should not have to be forced to obey, especially if you profess to be Christian. Because if you had to be forced to obey, you are showing you have no regard or respect for Jesus Christ. That's the whole truth here. You could say all you like, my parents, they so, man, listen, they were back in the 40s. They don't understand what's going on today. God says, listen to the words. Children. Now, do we have anybody here who is not a child of somebody? That means we're all children. Isn't that right? So I'm talking to everybody here. Not just, you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we like to take our mind. Well, children, you ain't talking to me. Oh, yeah. And this applies to us one way or the other. Although there are levels of application, the principle still applies. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians 3. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So the command is, hey, when we obey, we are to do so, number one, because it's the right thing to do. 
God has built his creation based on order. He's a God of order. And certain things must work together properly if it's going to function in keeping with his will. And one of them is this. Parents are to lead their children. Children are not to lead their parents. Children are to obey their parents. Parents are not commanded to obey their children. And when we take that out of order, the whole creation misfunctions. That's right. It is right. And it is well pleasing to God. So young people, you want to please your God? Especially those of you who are professing Christians? Then voluntarily obey your parents. Now again, I'm speaking in the context, not if your parents tell you to go out and kill somebody or steal or do good. I'm not talking about those type of things. I'm talking about generally. And when your parents give you commands that are in keeping with the word of God. But they also to honor their parents. And there's a distinction between obeying and honoring. You can obey without honoring. But it's very difficult to honor without obeying. Although it can happen. And I'll describe that when we come to this in detail. Ephesians 6.2. Honor your father and mother. Notice. Which is the first commandment with a promise. Why? So that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Young people, you always complain, boy, I got a hard life. Everything's so tough. Everything is going right. Well, according to this passage, maybe because you're obeying your parents. According to this passage, isn't it that? You have a good life. Think back at some of the friends that you know that you don't have with you any longer. Who was 16, 17, 18. They're gone. They're in the grave. Because they got killed in a car accident being driven by another young person who was a drunk. Or was under drugs. Those are the same young people that your parents told you, don't keep company with them. Don't go with them. Don't drive in the car with them. But yet you did it. And they're not here today. Why? I believe it's quite possible. Because they didn't obey their parents. See, these are serious matters we're talking about here. These are not just little sayings that have come up. And you could take them or leave them. Well, you could take them or leave them at your expense. It is right. It is pleasing to God. You have a good life. You have a long life. So the basic principle here is this. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. That's the basic principle. So I'm saying to you, when you see these three pillars, as it were, in the building of a home, mothers, fathers, children, if we obey the specifications given, we could establish a Christian home. We could rebuild the Christian home, the foundations that are being destroyed because the parents are not doing what they're supposed to do. The children are not doing what they're supposed to do. We have to take steps to do it. Now, as we go along in the, in the process, this series, we will give some suggestions of how this could be done. Please don't just think you could leave it to me or other preachers or pastors to tell you this. They're your children. See that man sitting to you if you're married to him? That's your husband. See that woman that you're sitting to if she's your wife? She's your wife. You responsible. You responsible. Remember that. Now, let me just briefly give some applications here before we close today. And I think it's important for us to do this. 
The Christian home is designed by God to have a dynamic impact upon the unsaved community. It is to be recognized by its distinctiveness from the homes of the unsaved. In other words, homes where husbands love their wives as Christ loved the church. The wife is being submissive and so on. Where wives submit to their husbands as to the Lord. Where children honor and obey their parents because it's the right thing to do. And where fathers do not exasperate or discourage their children. We'll be talking about that in detail later. But bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That is God's end purpose for the home, is teleos, the end result that he's looking for. But sin has brought havoc and confusion to these areas of the family life. It's only through God's help and obedience to his word that his ideals can be experienced. And remember, when we are not doing it according to God's plans, it's sin. You could call it laziness, mistakes, but God calls it sin. Sin, sin, sin. And so listen carefully to these items and ask you to choose one and to make a commitment to God. First, if you are a husband, when you say that as a husband, I will evaluate my role, especially my attitudes and actions towards my wife. I will do all I can with God's help to lovingly meet her needs while fulfilling my divinely given headship responsibilities toward her. You commit yourself, remember now we're talking about rebuilding the foundations of the Christian home. And I'm saying that you could start doing this if you commit to this. Secondly, as a father, will you say, I will evaluate my role, especially my attitude and behavior toward my children. I will do all I can with God's help, not to exasperate or discourage them but rather to bring them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. That's for the men. Will you commit to one of these areas, or perhaps any other that God might bring into your life at this time, into your minds? As to the wife, will you say, I will evaluate my role, especially my attitude and behavior toward my husband, and I would emphasize especially attitude. I will, with God's help, attempt to be Christ-like in all that I do. Lovingly submitting to my husband's headship as unto the Lord. As a child or a young person or single adult at home. Will you say, I will evaluate my role, especially my attitudes and behavior towards my parents. And I will do all I can with God's help to respect, honor, and obey them. These are simple things, things we all know. But yet the foundations of our home are being destroyed. But I... Truly believe that if we recommit ourselves to these areas, we could begin to rebuild the foundation of the Christian home. Please bow with me in a word of prayer. Take a few moments again and reconfirm those commitments right now to the Lord. As a husband, as a wife, as a young person, as a child still in the home. Commit yourself overall to helping to restore to rebuild the foundations of the Christian home in which you find yourself. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise that it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish the purpose to which you send it today. Help us, our Father, to submit ourselves to the words and the will of our commander-in-chief, 
and also our chief architect as we seek to build our homes for the glory of God. And all of God's people said, Amen.